Hello everyone, who is Tim Galway? I wonder how many people listening to this podcast will know the answer to that question. When I made a speech recently about Tim Galway, I began by asking the audience of about 15 people if anyone had heard of him. I didn't see anyone raise their hand. I obviously haven't talked enough about Tim Galway in the past. Tim Galway has spent much of his life telling people that success in any activity is difficult to achieve without some mastery of the inner game that is going on in their minds. I will spend most of this podcast identifying what I consider to be the central ideas involved in Tim Galway's inner game approach to living. Before I get to that, however, I need to tell you a little about Tim Galway's life story and about how I came to regard him as my guru. Tim Galway was born in San Francisco in 1938. When he was a boy, he played tennis very well and became a nationally ranked player. He attended Harvard University and after graduation attained a job in university administration. However, in 1971, his work career took an unconventional turn. He took leave from his job to become a tennis coach in California. While coaching tennis, Tim discovered that his students often benefited more from non-judgmental awareness of what they are doing than from traditional instruction in technique. This led him to write his first book, The Inner Game of Tennis, which was published in 1975. That book established Tim's reputation as a pioneer of sports psychology. Over two million copies were sold. The other books Tim Galway has written apply the inner game concept to golf, skiing, music, work and stress. You'll notice a pattern here. People who benefited from applying inner game concepts to sports encouraged Tim to suggest how to apply them to a broader range of activities. It was natural that Tim Galway would eventually turn his mind to the general problem of stress because the earlier books are largely about mastering various aspects of the inner game of stress. Tim wrote The Inner Game of Stress in collaboration with a couple of medical professionals. That book was published in 2009. All up, Tim has now spent more than 50 years thinking, talking and writing about the inner game. Tim Galway's books are easy to read. I think this is because he is a natural storyteller. Every point he makes is illustrated by a story drawn from his practical experience in coaching. I first became aware of Tim Galway and his inner game books about 23 years ago. I had recently joined some self-help groups 
for adults who had problems in stuttering and blocking. Someone on one of those groups mentioned that they had been helped by reading Tim Galway's inner game books about tennis and golf. Why would that be helpful? Well, one reason is because there is a basic similarity involved in the inner game in everything we do. In my case, I think there, there was a more fundamental reason involved. I found disfluency a bewildering experience. I was able to speak fluently in some situations, so I knew there was nothing wrong with my speaking apparatus. I didn't have a rational explanation for the speech blocks I experienced. Sporting metaphors helped me to understand the nature of the problem I was experiencing. As you might have guessed, I'm about to tell you about how Tim Galway became my guru. However, um, I have already talked about how I found my voice in a podcast I prepared last year. So this will be brief. I will just tell a story here to illustrate how I was helped by Tim Galway's explanations of the problems experienced by golfers. Imagine you're playing golf one day. Don't worry if you've never played the game. Just imagine that you're playing and that you're feeling pleased with the way you have been playing. Then you reach the spot where you need to hit the ball over water. You know that is not inherently difficult, but an inner voice tells you that you have had problems here in the past, so you'll really have to try harder this time to make sure that you hit the ball well. So you do try harder. After you hit the ball, you watch it bounce on the water a couple of times, and then make a small splash before it sinks to the bottom. I thought I had remembered that Tim Galway told this story in the inner game of golf, but I couldn't find it there when I went looking. It must be my own story. I have never played much golf, but I have unintentionally hit golf balls into the water on many occasions when I have played. I remembered the story as one of Tim Galway's because of his explanation of why such things happen. So how would Tim Galway explain what happened? He would suggest that the problem arose because of the way I had responded to the doubts in my mind about my ability to hit a ball over water. I had responded to self-doubt by trying harder to control what my muscles were doing. By trying harder, I interfered with my ability to swing the club in the way I had learned and practiced. When I first read The Inner Game of Golf, it struck me that the self-doubt a golfer might experience when attempting to hit a ball over water was very similar to what happened when I was making a speech and attempting to say a word that I had difficulty saying in the past. Self-doubt led me to try harder, which caused interference with the natural speech mechanism. 
It was helpful to understand that speech blocks occurred when self-doubt put me in the mode of trying harder. I also found Tim Galway's advice about coping with self-doubt to be extremely helpful. For example, I discovered that it was possible to circumvent the doubts in my mind about my ability to speak fluently by just opening my right hand and telling myself that speaking is easy and might even be fun. I also used other techniques to circumvent self-doubt, but that simple exercise was surprisingly effective. Now you know how I came to regard Tim Galway as my guru. guru. I'm not sure whether Tim would like me to say that he is my guru, but the term does seem appropriate. A guru is a mentor, guide, expert, or master in a particular field. I've been wondering recently why I didn't think to give Tim's contributions more prominence in my book, Freedom, Progress and Human Flourishing. Perhaps it is because my focus in the discussion of personal development in the book was on the implications of the nature of human beings uh, as entities that are capable of exercising practical wisdom to direct their own flourishing. I saw Tim's focus as being on how to improve performance in whatever we are doing, and uh, somewhat removed from that. However, you will see that when we contemplate the central ideas in Tim Galway's In a Game of Approach, we end up contemplating the inner resources that give us the capacity to exercise practical wisdom. Tim Galway has said that there are three principles at the heart of the inner game methodology. Non-judgmental awareness, trust in one's own self, and the exercise of free and unconscious choice. I will talk about each of those elements now. Non-judgmental awareness is about observing what we are doing and noticing what happens without making judgments about it. Some of you might be thinking that non-judgmental awareness would hardly be appropriate if you were writing an essay or engaged in some other activity requiring the use of your critical faculties. However, judgments about how well we are performing can interfere with any activity. For example, at one stage in my life, I often suffered writer's block because my mind was full of thoughts about the judgments that other people were likely to make about what I was writing, rather than about the ideas I was seeking to convey. In the inner game of work, Tim Galway makes clear that non-judgmental awareness entails focused attention on the task at hand. When we have a relaxed focus on the task at hand, we are less likely to be distracted by our concerns about how how other people might judge our efforts. Trust in one's own self sounds as though it should be easy. That is because it is easy. 
<laughs> However, that doesn't stop the inner voice of self-doubt from reminding us of problems that we've experienced in the past uh, in hitting a golf ball over water or in doing whatever we happen to be doing. We need to find a way to circumvent self-doubt, to avoid responses which will interfere with our natural ability. The exercise of free and conscious choice is important to get out of habitual modes of thinking and behaviour that interfere with your performance. For example, if you find yourself becoming increasingly stressed about your inability to do all the things on your to-do list, you obviously need to find a way to exercise some free and conscious choice. Tim Galway suggests a stop tool to use in such situations. I don't much like acronyms. However, STOP means exactly what it says. It also means step back, think, organise your thoughts, and then proceed. So, if you're a master of the inner game, you will be able to maintain focused attention on the task at hand, avoid self-doubt, and exercise free and conscious choice when that is appropriate. A master of the inner game should be able to perform any activity according to his or her potential, as determined by natural ability and skill levels. The fact that few people can consistently perform according to potential is attributable to self-interference of one kind or another. Tim Galway captured that idea of self-interference in the equation performance equals potential minus interferences. Performance is the extent to which you meet your goals in playing the game. Potential reflects your natural ability and skill levels. Interferences come from within your own mind. In explaining the nature of interferences, Tim developed the concepts of self-1 and self-2. In the inner game of tennis, self-1 is the conscious mind which is interfering with self-2, which is the person trying to play tennis. Self-1 interferes by constantly giving self-2 instructions about how to hit the ball, causing self-doubt and increased muscle tension. So, self-2 hits the ball out of the court, and then self-1 tells self-2 that he is a lousy tennis player. It isn't always appropriate to identify the source of interference with the conscious mind. That is certainly appropriate when talking about activities in which people need to be able to trust their unconscious minds to coordinate muscle activity appropriately. However, it is clearly not appropriate in a work situation where a person may need to draw upon their conscious minds to stop 
habitual modes of thinking and behaviour that are interfering with their performance. Tim Galway has recognised this. In the inner game of work, he provides a general explanation of self-one, which makes sense in many different contexts. He describes self-one as an invented self. The source of mental interference is a false sense of self that we have come to identify with. For example, consider where various forms of mental interference might come from. Where do self-doubt and the instruction to try harder come from? Perhaps they arise from the false perception that you are inherently untrustworthy. You cannot even trust your unconscious mind to coordinate your muscles when you're swinging a golf club. Where does worry come from? Perhaps it might arise from the false perception that you cannot solve problems if you are in a relaxed state of mind. Where does reluctance to accept increased responsibility come from? Perhaps it comes from a false belief that you are not good enough. Where does the tendency to overburden yourself come from? Perhaps it comes from the false belief that you cannot perform effectively unless you feel under pressure. Where does the feeling of having lost control of your life come from? Perhaps someone is holding a gun to your head. More likely, you have experienced, if you experience that feeling, it arises from the false perception that external demands are preventing you from being yourself. Tim Galway suggests that self too is your real self, rather than who you think you are. He implies that the perceptions you have of yourself are never entirely accurate. He says, we all have inner resources beyond what we realise. You discover your true identity as you draw on those resources to master the inner game. What are those inner resources that people don't fully realise that they have? Well, they are the qualities that we admire when we see them in other people and in ourselves. The lists of such qualities that Tim Galway offers in the inner game of stress seem to me to be the qualities that people use when they exercise practical wisdom, one of the ancient virtues. Aristotle understood that we acquire the practical wisdom to live well through our experience in the real world. Tim Galway suggests practical exercises that seem to me to be designed to demonstrate that the qualities that we would like to have are already available to a greater extent than we realise. You discover more about your individual potential as you contemplate what courses of action you will take if you choose to trust your ability to exercise the qualities that will help you to meet the challenges that you face. In terms of the equation performance 
equals potential minus interferences, it becomes clear that potential is something we discover as we meet the challenges in our lives. You might have a good idea of your performance potential capability on the basis of your past performance, but none of us know the extent to which our potential may improve as we draw more fully upon inner resources to meet future challenges. Tim Galway also warns against holding too narrow a concept of performance. In the inner game of golf, he distinguishes between the benefits that come from playing well, the benefits from enjoying the activity, and the benefits of learning from the experience. He draws out this distinction more fully in the inner game of work. Key performance indicators serve a useful purpose in measuring aspects of work performance related to the pecuniary rewards that individuals obtain from working. But they don't measure the opportunities work may provide for individuals to enjoy the experience and to learn from it. This brings me to the question of how we measure success. Tim considers that question in the inner game of stress. His focus is on whether there is an inherent conflict between outer success, money, recognition, power, etc., and inner success, happiness, contentment, or whatever is ultimately of most importance to us. He concludes that when we examine our outer goals, we discover they are not ends in themselves. If you ask yourself what you hope to obtain by pursuing outer goals, you would likely discover that external success was ultimately driven by the desire for an inward state such as happiness, contentment, security, freedom or peace. This might be a good point to sum up what I've been talking about in this podcast. I began by telling you how Tim came to develop his inner game approach and how his focus of attention broadened from sport to the general issue of stress management. I have told you how I came to regard Tim Galway as my guru. I have talked about the three principles at the heart of the inner game methodology, non-judgmental awareness, trust in one's own self, and the exercise of free and conscious choice. I have talked about the equation performance equals potential minus interferences. That led to a discussion of the nature of self-one interference, the idea that self-one is ultimately a false sense of self, which limits our understanding of the inner resources that are available to us. I have talked about the measurement of performance and the nature of success. I hope that this brief outline of what I consider to be the central ideas involved in Tim Galway's 
inner game approach to living will persuade you to read some of his books. As I mentioned earlier, every point that Tim makes is illustrated by his practical experience in coaching. By reading the books, you can learn about the exercises that Tim has suggested to people he has successfully coached. I began this podcast by explaining that Tim Gorway has spent much of his life telling people that success in any activity is difficult to achieve without some mastery of the inner game that is going on in their minds. It seems appropriate to leave you with Tim's suggestion that ultimately the inner game is about unwrapping and enjoying the gift of life.